1: Well, welcome to Quantum number 170. We're a podcast that looks at news and views and culture from throughout the world. And we realize that so many things are are integrated. An example of that is that last week we did a special on the Squid Games. You can go back and listen to it. And it's amazing how a series in Korean, made in Korea, has impact throughout the world. And one of you, and it's great that people do send me this, sent information about a community group in Crawley who are running a series of activities based on British children's games similar to the Squid Game. Um, they said there would be no life or death situations in the Crawley game. Indeed, that's true, but it just again shows how pervasive culture can, can go out. Now sometimes I'm conscious that a lot of the stuff that we do in terms of world news is quite negative And, uh, you know, it's very easy to go to a country like America, for example And, and point out some of the negative things As it is in, in, in almost any country But there was this wonderful story that came out of Louisiana I want you to listen to this Not many good news stories begin in such a bad news way it happened last month here at Southwood High School in Shreveport, Louisiana. Plagued
2: with violence. That's Over
1: the course of three days, another fight. 23 students arrested for fighting. Massive police response to But strangely, High school. there hasn't been another incident since. Perhaps in part because of this most unusual crisis intervention team. Nobody here has a degree in school counseling. No. No majors in criminal justice. No, no. Your qualifications are? Dad. We're dads, we
3: decided the best people who can take care of our kids are who? Are us.
1: What we do. So Michael Lafitte started Dads on Duty. We're out doing what we do for our babies. A group of about 40 Southwood dads who now hang out at the school in shifts. Let's go. Today, any negative energy that enters the building has to run a gauntlet of good parenting.
3: What's going on, buddy? You moving fast. I like that horse. I immediately felt a form
1: of safety. We stopped fighting, people started going to class. How could that be?
4: You ever heard of a look?
1: A look? Dads have the power to do that?
4: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not many people know it, but yes. (laughs)
1: Let's go, let's go. That is in Shreveport, Louisiana, where a group of dads have got together and they have brought some degree of order and stability and peace to a public school where police had been called several times, as you heard. Now, there are lots of things to say about that, but one is, very simply, the importance of dads. It's funny how our culture is doing away with the importance of, of dads and mums. We're trying to make everything all generic, but one is the importance of dads. And the other is the importance of a male role model, especially, well, I was going to say especially in the life of boys, but I think also in the life of girls. But uh, good for those men, good for them for stepping up, good for them for taking some kind of responsibility. Okay, let's come on to some of the world news. Well, in Sudan, let's just mention this, Sudan's Prime Minister has been arrested along with the other civilian members of his transitional government. And there's been a military coup, there's a uh, a great deal of trouble and violence and uh, The United States, I believe, has just ordered aid to Sudan to stop. Now, I'm not sure how that's going to help things, but that is what's happening. We pray for Sudan. It's such a massive nation nation, and such an important nation. And in Japan, we've mentioned this before, uh, Princess Mako has officially announced her royal title by marrying her long-term commoner, Boyfriend. She is the niece of Emperor Naruhito and she wed a lawyer called Kel Komuro at 10 a.m. in a very quiet ceremony. Uh, they have not taken the 1.2 million, I think it is, dollars that were entitled to them. Uh, they are going to leave Japan and go, I believe, to New York where he will practice law. Now, what's important about that is Emperor Naruhito, age 61, has a daughter and no sons. But women cannot ascend to the throne. And I think if I'm right, the Japanese emperor is the longest kingship in the world. I mean, going back centuries and centuries. And it could be coming to an end unless they are prepared to change their ways. Then let's go to Kenya. Um, Have a listen to
3: this. My name is Father Paul. Some Christians call me Masa. Young people call me Sweet Paul because I rap sweet, I talk sweet, I dance sweet. Thank you. Chill, cool, stay safe. Job bless. A a Kenyan
1: rapper, um, rapping priest, I believe. Um, Now, Christianity is extremely important in Kenya and politicians realise that. And I came across this story that I thought was utterly fascinating, that Kenya's churchgoers have been Used to politicians turning up in their suits, often with cameras in tow, where they arrive with big cash donations uh, and that can be used for construction of mega churches, the purchase of loud music systems, and so on. But in exchange for that, then the pastor will often or normally invite the politician to the pulpit where the large congregation becomes a captive audience for a message that is not Christian and it's not the Bible. It's a political message. And these often make it to the TV bulletins and I think the Kenyan elections are nine months away. Now, there are some churches in Kenya who are banning this practice, which is wonderful news because politics and the church... Political politics, you know, what I mean by that, sorry, party politics and the church do not go together. And of course, politicians are welcome to attend, but they are not welcome to preach politics from the pulpit, and neither should preachers preach politics from the pulpit. So good for the Kenyan churches for doing this. Okay, we have to do this. I did a special on climate change, but of course, COP... 26 starts this weekend as you're as you're getting this it will have started in my native country of Scotland in Glasgow and well there, there's so much that we could say about all of this but let's begin with somebody who I often refer to and that's Jordan Peterson I happen to also believe firmly that global and even national attempts to deal with climate change are going to cause way more trouble than Accumulated carbon dioxide not because accumulated carbon dioxide isn't somewhat of a threat, but When it becomes a global planetary threat, that's a crisis then Well, then it's a justification for virtually any political action So look out man because of the dangers of systems Now his warning. I mean, this is a fascinating interview in lots of ways um, his, his warning, again, with a lot of these stories, I'll put the link up so that you can have it. But his warning is very straightforward, and it's a very important warning. Crisis has become a reason for doing everything by governments. Now, what's important in this? In That's true in national areas. So let's say there's a crisis in Kenya. Then the new politicians, the new president or whatever, can use that to grab more power. Here in Australia, in Victoria, Daniel Andrews is just about to pass a bill in uh, the Victorian Parliament, which gives him unprecedented powers. The Scottish Parliament is not going to hand back some of the powers that it took over COVID. And you, you find that all over the place. So when there was a crisis after the terrorism and 9-11, uh, Western governments undertook, in the, and the need to protect people, a much more surveillance society. If, if you go back historically, and Peterson points this out earlier in the interview, Hitler did many things in the cause of public health. We need to get rid of the disabled. We need to do this. And whilst governments have this tricky balance to do between making laws that will protect people, and becoming too authoritarian, we need to be aware of what is going on because as somebody pointed out to me this week, once governments take power, they find it very difficult to give it back because of course they think that they know best. Now, the reason I played the Peterson bit there is because it is extremely important to grasp what he's saying. A national emergency is bad enough, but when you claim it to be a worldwide emergency, then that has a potential to have an authoritarianism that is worldwide. And we need to be very, very careful in all of this. So Peterson says something which I I must admit, I'm inclined to agree, that he's kind of more scared of the measures taken to combat climate change and the consequences of those than he is of climate change itself. And again, I'm not going to get into the arguments about whether climate change is real or not. I think it is. How much of it is man-made? I don't know, but uh, I suspect nobody else does either. But we need to be careful what is happening. You know, so many things are based on modelling. And I I read this this week. I thought it was quite funny. Um, It's an old joke. What's the purpose of economic modelling? To make astrology look good. Well, I'll add to that COVID modelling or climate change modelling. And yet governments base their policies on these things. So let's just take something. The net zero plan. Again, I read this this week. I think it was in the Spectator. It's not a plan. It's a prayer. Despite what Boris Johnson says, only a handful of countries have made a commitment to net zero by 2050. And if India, China, Indonesia, Brazil, Mexico and Russia don't sign up, and they pretty well won't then it makes zero difference really what the uk or the west or australia or america does you know interestingly on china they are 27% of carbon emissions the uk is one and they say they're still a developing country they can't match pl- our plans to have to reach net zero yet they've just fired a supersonic space missile and here's the problem you see And not many people, you know, I do want people to think about this. This is not a simple subject. Let's say in the United Kingdom or in Australia or in America, we reduce our territorial emissions. In other words, the emissions from our land. But what if that leads to overall emissions increasing? What if we close gas power production, for example, or the cleaner coal that exists in Australia compared to Indonesia or Mongolia, And then we shift that to coal-powered production abroad. What that will mean is overall, and it's overall only that counts, climate change is not just for one, not limited to one country. You cannot affect and change the climate in your area. So what if you going to, inverted commas, net zero in the United Kingdom or Australia or America actually leads to climate change increasing or the temperature increasing because we farmed out our production elsewhere so it is complex have a listen to a bit of this
5: we were the first country to uh, pass legislation uh, for net zero uh, we have the the biggest offshore wind capacity still i think of any country in the world the saudi arabia of wind as i never tire of saying uh, we're halfway to, to net zero we have carbon emissions uh, lower than any point since the the 19th century. We're ending uh, support for fossil fuels overseas and doubling our international climate finance. And uh, we're actually speeding up because we see the obligation, as colleagues have just pointed out, for developed countries uh, to do more. We're legislating to deliver 78% of the reductions needed uh, to reach uh, that goal by 2035. And as host of COP26, we want to see similar ambitions around the world.
1: That's Boris Johnson. Now, he, he stated this. We can build back greener without so much as a hair shirt in sight in 2050. We will still be driving cars, flying planes, heating our homes, planes, but our cars will be electric, gliding silently around our cities. Our planes will be zero emission, allowing us to, fi- to fly guilt free and our homes will be heated by cheap, reliable power drawn from the winds of the North Sea. Let me say this. Boris Johnson is an intelligent man. He is not a stupid man. But I think he is to some extent an amoral and deceitful man. His morality in different ways is highly questionable. And I'm afraid he tells a lot of lies. Now, this perky, I'm being optimistic here. At best, it's guesswork, but I'm pretty sure he knows that this is not going to be the case. Take, for example, let's let's deal with some reality in this. John Humphreys, the BBC journalist, decided he would install a heat power pump, which Boris Johnson wants us all to have in his home in Wales. But, he says, it takes the chill away if it's been on for a couple of days in the downstairs rooms, but that's about it. It doesn't work. To get really warm, I have to fire up the log-burning stove which is not exactly something that you can do in the middle of of the city. He spent a small fortune, he says, and I've not ended up with a cosy house. 10000 quid for a heating system which reduces pollution, supposedly, but doesn't actually work. That's reality. And this is reality. Let me give you something else here. Sorry for going on about this, but this is really important. Let's take three world leaders. Trudeau of Canada, Ardern of New Zealand, Morrison of Australia, Which one has the best record on climate change? Well, I can tell you which one makes the biggest promises. Ardern, then Trudeau, then Morrison. But which one has the best record? Canada, since 2005, has had a 1% reduction in emissions for all the hot air they blow. New Zealand, 5%. And Australia, 20%. Figure that one out. You know, I do think that the hysteria around COVID is going to be nothing compared with the hysteria around climate change. And there are so many examples of this. I'll just leave you with one more and we'll shift on to another subject. But um, is the, the BBC, they've got so many climate change articles at the moment. And they've got one, believe it or not, on eco-friendly sex. I, I think even just to say the title is enough.
2: Поехали! I sí, yeah.
1: That was the Russian national anthem. Um, Russia is our sacred state. Russia is our beloved land. Powerful strength and the great glory are your properties for all the time. Russia is an amazing country, and we simplistically look at it in different ways. Um, But here is something of Putin being uh, translated, of course. He spoke in Russian. Why shouldn't he?
3: We see with... Amusement. The process is unfolding in countries that have grown accustomed to viewing themselves as the flagships of progress. Of course, it's none of our business what is happening. The social and cultural shocks that are happening in some countries, in the western countries, some believe that aggressive blotting out of whole pages of your own history, the affirmative action in the interest of minorities and the requirement to renounce the traditional Interpretation of such basic values as mother, father, family and the distinction between sexes are a milestone towards a renewal of society. It's their right. They can do that if they want to. We're not trying to meddle into that, but we have a different point of view. We believe, at least the overwhelming majority of Russian society, that should be more precise, believe that we need to rely on our own spiritual values and our historical traditions on the culture of our multi-ethnic nation. And we see what is happening in the western countries, it is with puzzlement that we see the practices Russia used to have and that we left behind in distant paths, the fight for equality and against discrimination turns into an aggressive dogmatism uh, on the brink of absurdity when great authors of the past such as fake Shakespeare are no longer taught in schools and universities because they are announced as backward classics that did not understand the importance of gender or race. In Hollywood there are leaflets reminding what you should do in the cinema, in the films, how many personalities and actors you've got, well, what kind of color, what sex, and sometimes it's even, even tighter and stricter than what the Department of Propaganda of the Soviet Communist Party Central Committee did. and. The fight against racism, which is a lofty goal, turns into culture, uh, council culture, and into reverse discrimination, racism on the adverse, and it brings people apart, whereas the true fighters for civic rights, they were trying to eliminate those differences. I asked my colleagues to fight this quote from Martin Luther King, and he said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. That is a true value.
1: Now, I would love to cite the whole speech. In fact, again, I'll put a link up to it. But he slammed the far-left woke ideology that he said is causing societal ills throughout the Western world. Um, His subject was global shake-up in the 21st century. And this is quite extraordinary. Um, We see with bemusement the paralysis unfolding in countries that have gone across them to viewing themselves as the flagships of progress. Of course, it's none of our business, or what is... Happening the social and cultural shocks that are happening in some countries in the Western countries, some believe that aggressive blotting out of whole pages of your own history, the affirmative action in the interests of minorities, and the requirement to renounce the traditional interpretations of such basic values as mother, father, family, and the distinction between sexes are a milestone, a renewal of society." Now he goes on to talk about, we tried this in 1917 in Russia, he talks about in Hollywood there are leaflets reminding you what you should do in the cinema and the films, how many personalities and actors you've got, etc, etc. And he says they have tighter control than the Department of Propaganda of the Soviet Communist Party Central did. Wow, it's just incredible. And as an example of where this is going, listen to
4: this. The shock news, South African star Keeper batsman Quinton de Kock pulled out for personal reasons. Now, in short, it was about a directive made to the entire Proteus side from their cricket board on the day of the game that they all had to make a unified stance on social equality and take a knee before the match. Now, previous to this, Cricket South Africa had asked their players to use one of three options, take a knee, raise a fist, or stand respectfully with hands behind the back, and that's the option that Dukok had chose a few days ago when they'd played Australia. But that wasn't good enough for the Cricket South Africa board in hindsight. That once they saw what happened a few days ago, they decided that the entire team had to be unified and made that directive. Now, on the way to the match, this was informed of the players. Dukok, who has previously made his feelings known about him not wanting to take a knee, uh, had decided by the time they got to the match that... No, he wasn't going to take a knee, so he withdrew. Now, as you can imagine, that has caused all sorts of... The
1: story tells itself. Quinton de Kock, um, he's out of the South African cricket team, one of their best players. Why? Because he refused to bow to a diktat. Now, if you're bowing the knee because you've been ordered to, otherwise you'll go to prison, you'll lose your job, you won't be able to play. When you bow the knee, what good is it actually doing? because you're being compelled to. And I think that's the kind of thing that Putin is referring to. And then let's move on to Apple and China. This is an important thing. Um, Apple is, the the big Western technology companies are more and more being driven out of China. Uh, Apple's still managing to stay there, but they do so on the basis that they do what the Chinese government says. Uh, Listen to this song.
2: Dove Where will I find The olive tree For just one branch I'd search my whole life through I've heard them
1: say That is Judith Graham uh, singing about the olive tree um, and I mention that because Olive Tree, the Olive Tree Bible app, which I've used, uh, has now been banned along with a Quran app in China, uh, because they, uh, the Chinese government, say it's an illegal document. So the Bible is an illegal religious text. Now Apple says we are required to comply with local laws, and at times there are complex issues about which we may disagree with governments. You see, Apple will condemn the US government, but goes along with what the Chinese government say. And again, what Putin is referring to, here's another one, Um, censorship. There's a well-known Australian cartoonist, Michael Young, who has been fired from the Age newspaper because he produced a cartoon which they didn't publish but he put it on his own Instagram account which was basically using China the Tiananmen Square remember the famous one of the tank and instead he has a vaccine needle pointed towards the person saying no now whether you agree with it or not that's not the issue but he's been fired for that it's interesting he has another cartoon now I'll, I'll put this one again on the blog so that you can see it Warning, this is an inclusive society and if we think you are talking, thinking or behaving in a non-inclusive way, you will be excluded. Kind of sums it up. Alright, let's move on to the church.
2: Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're all together. Love. All together together to
1: me. That, of course, is Hillsong, and the sad news I think, and at this time, not about the various scandals, but that they are having a. The Hillsong Worship band United are promoting a VIP experience on their latest tour with fellow worship leader Chris Tomlin. And the VIP experience, you get to access a pre-show artist experience, a photo opportunity on the on-stage catwalk, pre-show merchandise, merchandise shopping if you pay extra. My question is simple: What does this have to do with worship? What does this have to do with Christianity? How is this not just mimicking? The Worst of the Celebrity World.
2: Never to see my never
1: I read this, I thought this was brilliant, so forgive me for, do, for doing this. Um, English Lovers. Ishwarkandria Vidiskasar, a Bengali poet and scholar, jokingly asked Michael Madhusdusian Dutt, a poet, as you are a master of English, can you make a sentence without using a single e? And he wrote this. I, just, I thought I thought this was brilliant. I doubt I can. It's a major part of many, many words. Omitting it is as hard as making muffins without flour. It's as hard as spitting without saliva, napping without a pillow, driving a train without tracks, sailing to Russia without a boat, washing your hands without soap. And anyway, what would I gain? An award? A cash bonus? Bragging rights? Why should I strain my brain? It's not worth it. Brilliant. As is this. I thought you might like this. This is Bill Bailey. Well,
0: because we process happiness in a different way in Britain. You know, American friends I've met, Australians, they're much more in the moment. Oh yeah, they're in tonight. Woo! They're much more, much more upbeat, much more positive. And I say to my Australian friends, how are you? Awesome. Awesome. I mean, genuinely, non, in a non-ironic way. How are you, mate? Awesome. How was yesterday? Awesome, mate. Today's gonna be awesome. What are you doing tomorrow? I don't know, picking up stones in the rain. It's gonna be awesome. We never say that in a non-ironic way. In Britain, the best you're gonna get, because our happiness is based on this premise, things could have been a lot worse, (laughs) That's as good as it gets in Britain. That's why the standard greeting in Britain, how are you? Not too bad. (laughs) That's as good as it gets in old Blighty. Not too bad. There's the abyss, we're not in the abyss. We're in the car park and snack area adjacent to the abyss. It's not too bad.
1: That's talking about the differences, obviously, between Australian culture, UK culture. And there are differences in so many cultures. That kind of, opti- and I think personalities as well. That kind of optimistic, awesome, that kind of, well, not too bad. You get the point. All right, I'm going to go. Um, can I commend to you the Ass podcast, which is brand new. Uh, Well, we've got three editions now. We're working with Greg Sheridan through his book, Christians, The Urgent Need for Jesus Today. And Greg Sheridan is a well-known Australian journalist. Uh, This week's one, we discuss, as you hear, Jesus's history, living and true.
5: If the story of Jesus is just the equivalent of a play by Shakespeare, I'd rather be at the races, just forget all about it. The wackier and weirder your theory about Jesus, the more publicity you will get. What you quoted from Luke earlier was terrific. I mean, Luke is the Bob Woodward of the early of the early Jesus movement.
1: Well, welcome to the Ask Podcast again with Greg Sheridan. Greg, how are you? Great, David. Great to be with you. Somebody wrote me and said. Uh, I hadn't realised that Greg Sheridan was a Papist. You know, <laughs> I don't normally trust, uh, you know, how do you, how do they say people from Rome? You know, I tried to assure him that you weren't actually from Rome. But uh, what I thought was really quite funny was uh, he said, "But I I loved what he had to say, and if the book's half as good as that, he said, I've already ordered it, and uh, so we're I mean we're still we're still on this thing." And I'm going to love you and leave you with this beautiful music from a little-known Scottish songwriter-singer, Maureen MacLeod. so beautiful. And that's what we need to remember. That's, this is a song called Shelter. At your feet we fall. You are holy, rich in love. You are merciful, gracious one. You are worthy. Where do we get shelter from the storm? Not in the ideologies of this world, but from Jesus Christ. So uh, see you next week. If you want to support this podcast then please go to the podbean fundraiser you'll also get all the links for that and for other things on the com blog and let me just say this i'm going to list the countries uh, where the, some of them have this podcast has been heard sudan kenya japan the us australia the uk europe south america china malaysia south africa Lots of people from South Africa this week, Russia, Brazil, India, Nigeria, a lot of people from Colombia. All of us, wherever we are, whatever country we are in, what we need is shelter and we need the shelter that comes from Jesus Christ. God bless you and see you next week.